Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, here are the co-authors of The Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Zach Glazer. And I'm Stephanie Everett. And this is episode 370 of the Lawyers Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, I'm talking with our product director, Ashley Steckler, on how to use personality assessments with your team. Today's podcast is brought to you by Postali and Posh Virtual Receptionists. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support. So stay tuned and we'll tell you more about them later on. So Zach, we have found out recently that We've gotten some new listeners to the podcast, which we always appreciate hearing when people reach out and tell us that they've discovered the show and are enjoying it. And one of our newest listeners is your mom. (laughs) (laughs) She is. Yeah. (laughs) She holds the record. My mother, um, who is not an attorney, holds the record for most episodes listened to by somebody in my family. I'm married to an attorney and my father is an attorney. So... They're a very supportive bunch. Yeah. No, we'll we'll give her a shout out. But it does seem like our, our, I mean, the numbers are showing us that listenership is going up and we really appreciate that. And we love Mm -hmm. when you guys reach out and tell us what you think about the shows or specific episodes or if there's topics you'd love for us to explore. Like we, we really do welcome and love all of that feedback. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you can put that feedback on find us on Twitter, on LinkedIn. We we usually post our episodes in both of those places. And so if you've got something to say about the, the podcast, we're happy to, to hear it there. But certainly having reviews and recommendations on all of the places that you, wherever you get your podcast, you know, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or what have you. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time since we've asked you guys, but, you know, we'd love it if you would share the show with people that you think might enjoy listening or leave us a review because it really does help help us reach a bigger audience. And ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is give you guys useful information that you think will help your practice. So we, we really appreciate when you do those things and would love for you to do that again. Well, speaking of creation creators, we also have our best websites contest that we're running right now. We would love for people to go and Nominate anybody that you think has a good website. Do you go to somebody's website and it impresses you? Then, you know, come and nominate it. It might be your website. If you've you've worked really hard to to have great intake and solid foundations and and post your values, put your website in the hat and uh, we'd love to see them. Yeah. Self-nominations are allowed. Absolutely. And so now here's my conversation with Ashley. Hey, Ashley, welcome back to the show. I mean, you're on now quite regularly, so people are probably getting to know you, but they may not know your other professional credentials and your background before you joined the lawyers team. And it's sort of particularly relevant to today's topic. So I thought maybe you could just share a little bit of that background with us. Sure. So I think people who know me at Lawyerist know that I'm the product director. I've been on talking about project management systems oriented kind of stuff. I have another side. Um, I have a, a history background 
um, in academia. And so before I came back to the lawyers team, I was an assistant professor of sociology and I have a background in behavioral science. I've taken lots of research methods, uh, statistics, looking at human behavior, doing my own research in human behavior, a lot along the lines of as close as we can get to psychology and still call ourselves a sociologist, which for people is the middle ground of why do big complex social systems impact our human behavior? And then when we think about the individual in sociology, how does that impact how we interact as an individual with others around us? And so my background before coming back to Larist has really been in looking at communication, social interaction, interpersonal interaction, um, and how we process our identity and how we display that to others in the social world. I love hanging out with you because you always bring a different perspective and sometimes remind me like, oh, is that this thing? And I never think that way. So I'm super excited today because we're going to tackle a topic that I feels like is very popular right now, which is around personality tests or assessments. What? How would you bucket this group of things that exist in the world? Yeah, I think it is really exciting to a lot of people. I think we use assessments as a way to, we like to, as humans, self-reflect. We like to learn things about other humans. We like to say, oh, I'm different from you in this way. Um, and there's lots of different assessments that have been used um, in the workplace. People use them for team building, for hiring, in order to try to see what is the makeup of our, I think often we use them at work to see what's the makeup of the team. How do we complement each other? Where are your strengths? Where are my strengths? What kinds of things as a team do we understand and know holistically because we've all taken this assessment? There's lots of different assessments out there. I think people get excited to know about themselves and learn things about their coworkers. Yeah. And I mean, for those listening and thinking like, there's all kinds of different ones and they all kind of take a different approach and look at it. So, you know, I'm familiar. Most people are probably familiar with like Myers-Briggs or DISC and Finders, And I mean, you could probably rattle off like five more if, if we sat here and thought about it. There's a bunch. Yeah, I've maybe taken a dozen. <laughs> exactly. And so we're not going to talk about any particular one. But what we thought we'd do is sort of break these things down because we often just see people throw out advice, especially like in our community chat, we'll hear somebody say, oh, we're, we're using this assessment. Everyone should use it. And so I guess today we thought before you jump on the assessment bandwagon, maybe let's just take a minute, break them down, look at them as a collection and, and see what they are and why we might want to use it. So maybe that's a good place to start is before we decide to use an assessment like this, what are some questions we should be thinking about? Yeah. I think that is true that you hear from someone you know who's implemented an assessment in some area of their business and it's worked really well. They're loving it. You should do it too. My first question would be, what are you trying to get out of implementing the results of that assessment? Are you using it in hiring? And is the assessment intended for hiring? Sometimes assessments are not meant to predict things. And so if you're thinking about 
using an assessment to hire someone, you are potentially trying to have the assessment tell you whether that person is going to be a good fit long-term on your team. And if it's an assessment that is only indicative, and so it's meant as an indicator of tendencies, personality, perceptions, traits, right? There's different assessments that are trying to get at different things for very different purposes. Does it align with what you're seeking? And so I think first, when you hear about someone who's taken an assessment, loved it, decided their entire team would, has found it really useful, the first thing I would ask is, in what ways have you found it useful for what you're trying to get out of it? When we think about human behavior and implementing measures to expose that human behavior, um, we need to think about behavioral research. And there's a couple very important things we talk about in behavioral research that are actually important when we think about these assessments that we are so drawn to. One is reliability. And so once you get beyond what is the assessment trying to measure and is it the thing that we're trying to measure, the next thing that you need to question at least is does it have reliability? And what that means is when I look at a sentence, a measure, right, a description, a question that's in an assessment, am I going to understand and internalize the meaning and intent of that question the same way that you are? And the same way that other people are. And so does it have internal reliability that when they use a word like, for example, emotional, that word is not universally understood. Mm -hmm. It's not understood generationally the same. It's not understood between genders the same, right? Are we talking about anger as an emotion or are we talking about tears as an emotion, right? And so those are all very complex. Yeah, <laughs> which we don't need to get stuck on today. But if I'm thinking about courage, am I thinking about it the same way that you are? Because sometimes when we take these assessments, they're not done by behavioral scientists. And it's possible, depending on the assessment, and sometimes they come and go in their popularity, is the measurement they're using reliable in the way that we define what it is it's asking of us? And the other one is validity. And that is, can I and can you take the test over and over again and get the same outcome? I have taken, again, probably a dozen. And I have people in my professional and personal life say, have you taken this? Oh, take it again, right? Let's talk about it. My outcomes, not always, have consistency. Mm -hmm. And that is because some of the assessments lack validity. And so if I'm thinking about my work life, I'm taking an assessment, I might respond with my work life in mind. If I'm thinking about my childhood or my personal life, I might respond differently there too. Some of the different assessments try to ask questions in a way that alleviate those inconsistencies around validity, right? Are we going to get the same outcome? no matter how many times we take it. Sometimes they don't. Another thing that I would caution at the front end is, as I mentioned, when you think about validity and isn't going to produce a consistent outcome, I've heard people in the past say, I took this, 
years ago and I took it now and it's different. And why is that? And I had someone say it to me recently. And my response was, you currently took it in a work setting. Behavioral science offers us an idea around, there's a name for it, the Hawthorne effect. Individuals have a tendency in good conscience to internalize what they think the anticipated outcome of their behavior should be. Yeah. And so people often modify their behavior in response to knowing their behavior is being observed. If I am going to take an assessment on a team or asking someone to do it in the hiring process, we at least need to be aware, not that it's malicious intent, not that they're trying to say everything that they think it is we want them to say, but understand that they are responding to these questions, knowing or making assumptions around what the outcome, quote unquote, should look like. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that makes sense. I've taken the assessments before. It feels like a lot of times they ask about creativity. I'm not sure, but I just, that seems to be something that is a common mm-hmm. theme on some of these. And I always just immediately am, am like, I'm not creative, I'm, you know, because in my work life, I don't think of myself as very creative. Like I think of myself more analytical or something. But then if I were to stop and pause about my home life, I probably display a lot of creativity there and I enjoy doing creative things. So it's interesting to notice that when I take these assessments for work, I immediately shut down any possibility that I am creative. That's fascinating because as someone who works with you, you're very creative. And that's what I meant by (laughs) inner reliability. You're thinking about creativity in a way that I don't think you are paralleling with all of the writing that you do and all of the oh, yeah. workshop workshop design <laughs> that you do. And know you say You're, that, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I <laughs> You use creativity all the time and I see it. So that's fascinating. Yeah. But when I take those assessments, I always think of creativity as like art or draw, I don't know, like drawing and painting. And I'm like, that's not me. But then you're right. Like I'm creating courses out of nothing and I create content at an, and so that is very creative. And it's funny that I'd never had that thought until just now. Now I need to go see (laughs) to retake all my assessments, go back and take the assessments. But I think those are good points. And so it's just good to be aware of these things because it, we sometimes do get excited seeing results and then we, we maybe read too much into it or use it in a way that they weren't maybe designed or meant to be used. So that's great. And I think let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. And then we come back, we'll pick up what someone should do with this once they've taken the assessment. The Lawyer's Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, US based live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls, so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to lawyers listeners. Visit posh.com 
forward slash lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Services. That's posh.com forward slash lawyerist. And from Pustali. Finding a marketing partner for your firm can be challenging. Are you getting sound advice? Is your marketing agency always working in your best interest? You shouldn't have to worry about these things. At Bustali, they believe marketing companies should adopt the same duty to their clients that is required in the legal profession. For this reason, they require that all team members sign a fiduciary oath to act in good faith and put clients' best interests ahead of their own. They service with care, candor, and loyalty. Bustali is a full-service digital marketing agency exclusively for lawyers. To learn more about how they're different, visit postali.com forward slash lawyerist. Okay, we're back, Ashley. You've told us how we should think about the test before we take it. Now, what are we going to do with it once we have the results? Yeah, I am not putting on my uh, skeptic's hat and saying we shouldn't use them. I think there's usefulness in these assessments for sure. We need to be clear on why we're using them. And we also need to think about a few things when we get our results as individuals, as team members, as people looking at other assessments, right? Others' assessments. There's some things that I think we need to keep in mind because we have a tendency. I know I do personally, although I do put my skeptics hat on after I take these assessments and also for others, we like to know things about ourselves. We like to know things about other people. And so we immediately grab onto things and say, yes, yes, that sounds like me. Yes, that sounds like you, because I remember a time when there's another uh, behavioral science effect that lends here, and that's the Barnum effect, which is that people have a tendency when they read descriptions about their personality, about themselves based on these assessments that are supposed to be tailored to them. I think something that draws us to assessments is that it does have this quality of it's tailored specifically to you. We place such a high emphasis on the outcome when in reality, sometimes what it is that the feedback is suggesting is actually applicable to a really wide range of people. And so what I try to do when I think about the outcomes of, of my own assessments, and we do them on the team, right? We, we think about the intent of them and what we want them to do, and, and we don't avoid them, and I don't avoid them. But I think the first question is, could everyone agree with this? Could a large majority of the population agree with this statement? Is this a part of the human condition itself? Mm. Sometimes the answer is yes, and that's fine. <laughs> Have I identified a similar tendency prior to hearing this? Has this given me something to anchor things I already know about myself? Can I think of examples when this has happened in the past? Or am I getting excited about description? If we're thinking about it in terms of team members, and we're thinking about it in terms of what is the balance and makeup on our team, how does this play out and how each of us is actually interacting with each other? And can we say, now that I know this is something that you have reported and I can think of examples of times this has come up, how does this help us work better together moving forward? 
Yeah. I think that's the hard part because I've been on lots of teams that have used these things. And it's always like the big reveal is this aha moment for everyone. Oh, I learned Mm -hmm. all these things. And then let's be honest, I feel like a lot of times they just get put in the drawer and then they're never really used again. And maybe every once, every couple of months, someone say, we should pull that thing out and remember what it said about somebody. And so I think that's the hard part is then how do you connect these ideas of what these assessments could be telling us and actually make them useful with our team and on the workplace? And I I wonder if you have any suggestions for if you're going to use it, how to actually get some good use out of it. Yeah, we actually took an assessment earlier this year on our team, and we had what I found to be a very useful conversation around what we can discover about each other from them, from the assessment, how that helps us work together in the future. What kinds of examples can we think of? We built it into a conversation that we were having around team engagement and interaction and communication anyway that we were already going to have. And so we used it as a helpful tool to start the conversation about things we already wanted to discuss. And I think that's important. Sometimes it's easy to have an assessment box people either out or in. I think we place a lot of emphasis on it being static and true. And if we can use it as a way to facilitate things that we've already implemented and are already doing on the team, whether that's team building, conversation, communication, interaction, team dynamics of how we work together or hiring and not have it box people in, but rather allow it to be a tool to notice patterns because what's happening with these assessments regardless of their rate of reliability or validity, is that we are inputting information. We're the ones reporting the answers. It's providing a summary of the answers that we've identified in ways that we've maybe not connected before, but it's not magic. Yeah. Right. It's a report. I like that idea of not boxing you in because I'll share that I took an assessment a couple of weeks ago and just had the like, call with the person to go over it this week. And I mean, there were pieces of it that I definitely saw, but then it's kind of been sitting with me all week because there were some things he said about maybe how I make decisions or how I act that wouldn't necessarily align with the role that I have on our team. Mm -hmm. And I've been struggling with that. Interesting, the low, I mean, maybe that's part of the point is it's gotten me thinking about it. And it had me like, I've thought of, I've thought about it in a more more intentional way than I have in a long time where I was like, is this true? Does this how I show up at work? And so I don't know. I think that's kind of where I landed as I was like, yeah, I see what he's saying there, but I don't think he was completely right in the assessment of me because like I I had to kind of walk away and say, wait, he doesn't actually know me. He doesn't know my whole Mm -hmm. career, my whole job. And I don't think it was a true assessment of of my whole being. It was a snapshot in time that he was able to give. Yes. Nor is it meant to be an <laughs> assessment of your entire personhood. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I kind of, you could kind of take it sometimes like this feedback was a little harsh, maybe. And so maybe that's why it sat with me so much where I was like, gosh, is, is that what I am? Is that how I am? So... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's important to remind ourselves, have I identified a similar tendency? 
as someone else identified a similar, similar tendency? And how is that relevant to me? If I hold on to that, if this is true, how is that relevant to me? And if it doesn't quite feel like it fits, I would ask yourself two questions. Are you being introspective about yourself and truthful? (laughs) And if the answer is, yeah, you think you are, if it doesn't fit, maybe don't hang on to that piece of the report. Yeah. All good thoughts. We've covered so much here. I know I'm sure it was a lot. If if you're like me, you probably had to listen to this like episode three times because you piled in so much good information. But I think the big takeaways really are for people to be thoughtful and intentional about what they're trying to use the assessment for, making sure that this tool that they pick is actually going to achieve that and then really being thoughtful about what you do when, once you have the results. So that's super helpful. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. The Lawyerist Podcast is produced by Bailey Tiller and edited by Ryan Croft. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discussed here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com slash community slash lab to schedule a 15-minute call with our community manager. The views expressed by the participants are their own and not endorsed by the Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.